Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to This Week Again. I'm your host, Suzanne Posel. We're going to start off this show with some of the scary and stupid coming out of Florida. Move on to Oprah's latest publicity stunt involving the island of Maui and follow all of that up with a wellness check on Republicans, as well as their plot to take over the 2024 election. Hmm. Let's begin, shall we? Hurricanes absolutely suck, as any reporter who has had to stand outside during one of them on camera because their producer is a sadistic asshole can tell you. So when Florida got the news that Adelia was headed right for them, they did what any Floridian would do to prepare. Raid their local grocery store for all non-perishable foods, fill their freezers, fridges, and bathtubs with lots and lots of water, and, of course, gas up their vehicles. Sounds like this wouldn't be a problem, but Floridian voters have become known for electing incompetent people to lead them, hence why Ron the Useless is running the flaccid state. So, how about that gas in Florida? Florida officials say gas stations supplied by the company Sitco may be contaminated with diesel after a mistake. Some may need to get their cars checked after Florida officials reported a potential problem. Gasoline contaminated with diesel. State investigators say that includes 7-Elevens or BJ's wholesale clubs in Tampa, Lithia, Holiday, Plant City, and Sarasota. Having diesel can affect the ability to run your car. This comes at a time when a number of Floridians are fueling up ahead of the storm. I would like to take a moment and thank Sitco for the pre-hurricane damage that will not only leave Floridians in the path of the storm with no way to get out because their gas-only cars won't start, but the damage diesel does to a non-diesel engine is an expense hurricane victims really don't want to deal with because their house is blown away, or a tree fell on it, like what happened to Ron Disaster's home. And I have to say, Karma is one hell of a girl. After the walking, talking hair plug told Floridians, who had been damaged by Cisco's mistake, that this was just a situation that definitely sucked. Full stop. Because, you know, Governor Pudding Fingers doesn't give a shit about Floridians being stranded during a hurricane. And... You know what else Rhonda Racist does not give a fuck about? You guessed it. Black people. Take the recent shooting in Jacksonville, Florida, where the white supremacist with swastikas sloppily painted all over his AR-15 entered a Dollar General and murdered two men ages 19 and 29, as well as a 52-year-old woman, because racism... A manifest left behind by the man who shot and killed three people inside a Jacksonville, Florida Dollar General. In that manifesto, 21-year-old Ryan Palmiter wrote of hating black people. Law enforcement officials say the shooter is motivated by hate. He left behind multiple messages. Authorities say earlier in the day, the man had sent racist writings to local law enforcement, to media, even his own parents, expressing his desire to kill black people. The manifesto is, is, a, is quite frankly, uh, the diary of a madman. Um, he was, he was, I mean, he was just completely irrational. Plainly put, this shooting was racially motivated and he hated black people. I don't know about you, but it does not surprise me that a 20-something white guy from Florida was racist. 
Who else is going to finger paint swastikas in whiteout on their murder gun but a flaming pile of white supremacy? And oh, oh, where in the world would an incel living at home and suffering from a mental health issue get the notion that he, among everyone else, was supreme? Q Governor Deplorable, who recorded his disingenuous thoughts and prayers talk because he didn't want to leave the campaign trail and still had to governor. Roll tape. I was able to speak with Sheriff T.K. Waters about the horrific shooting based on the manifesto that they've discovered from the scumbag that did this was racially motivated. Uh, he was targeting people based on their race. Uh, that is totally unacceptable. Uh, this guy, he took the coward's way out, but we condemn what happened in the strongest possible terms. We've offered support for uh, Sheriff Waters in the city of Jacksonville and we send our condolences to the victims and their families uh, who were the victims of, uh, of a very cowardly act. Ain't it funny how Governor Never Gonna Be President says that he condemns what the shooter did and why he did it. When DeRacist created the environment of hate toward any and all black people who call Florida home, which completely explains why the flaccid governor was greeted with booze when he finally showed up to a photo op in front of reporters. But that's not my opinion, folks. Here is Florida State House Rep Angie Nixon to explain. You have a governor who cares more about pandering to a base of voters, not even caring about what's happening here in our state of Florida and the 8,000 educator shortage that we have, right? The property insurance crisis that we're dealing with, the rising rent cost. No, he wants to be, be vindictive to black folks because it gives him points in poll numbers. That's, that's what we're dealing with. America, you are in danger, girl. We must stop Ron DeSantis in his tracks. I am not an angry black woman. I am a woman who is speaking truth to power to let you all know this man means us no good. And it is evident by what transpired here in Jacksonville, Florida. Angie ain't wrong, folks. DeMoron is responsible for the removal of AP Black History from K-12 through curriculums in Florida schools, and even doubled down by saying that enslavement of African people was just on-the-job training, which is actually a benefit. Just the amount of white ignorance you'd expect from someone who bans books that teach children empathy toward others while simultaneously questioning the intelligence and capabilities of the black attorneys general enforcing the law against Dole 45 in New York and Georgia. It sounds to me like Confederate Ron created a safe space for hating black people and eventually murdering them. But then again, what do I know? I'm not a privileged person with millions or even billions of dollars just sitting in a bank account somewhere and 500 million in property equity who has the audacity to ask the poors to help the poors. Kind of like how Oprah Winfrey and Dwayne The Rock Johnson just did. Roll tape. We were so concerned about what was happening in Maui that we were texting back and forth. And I read this article that Dolly Parton had given money in her community. And I said, I think this is the answer. You said, I think that's the answer. I said, I love it. And so we have created the People's Fund of Maui that will put money directly in the hands of the people who need it right now. So if you send a donation, that money is going to go to one 
of many residents who have been displaced in Maui. We guarantee. The fund that we created, it is a clean, direct, from you, directly to their hands, and right away with some real immediacy, because as we're finding with disasters like this, the number one need is money. Is money. Is money. In hand. And so we appreciate any support that you can give all the people who were calling me and texting me and messaging me and saying, what do I do? What do I do? This is what you do. The People's Fund of Maui. (laughs) So I didn't want to revisit the audacity of a woman who has $2.5 billion in expendable cash and yet is working hard to make it look like she's doing charity. But here we are. So, folks, to combat the bad press that Oprah got for filming herself giving away shampoo and pillows at a fire victim shelter in Maui just a few weeks ago, after she was explicitly told not to, the biggest landowner on the island came up with a harebrained scheme to get herself back in the public's good graces. A fund. With other people's money, of course. Now, Oprah references Dolly Parton's actual generosity when Dolly gives away her actual money to people who needed to legitimize Oprah's creation of this nonprofit fund where Oprah will be giving away other people's money, not her own. Well, a portion of her own, but really yours. And tone deaf Oprah chose The Rock to partner with. <laughs> Now, I think it's because he's Samoan and spent a portion of his childhood in Hawaii, although not specifically on the island of Maui. But Maui is a part of Hawaii, so that still counts, right? (laughs) Let's not forget, though, that The Rock is the same douchebag who single-handedly and very publicly embarrassed Henry Cavill, who was never going to be reprising his role as Superman after James Gunn took over the DCU. Oh, and let's also not mention the dismal excuse for a Black Adam film just because The Rock doesn't want anyone to see him on the big screen getting his ass kicked, which happens to be the brand of Black Adam because that character is a bad guy in the Shazam comic books. But hey, I digress. Oprah doesn't need to ask anyone for donations to a fund that she created, which will just give her a nice new tax write-off at the end of the year when she can afford to solve the financial problems of all of the victims of the fires on Maui and still maintain her billionaire status. I don't think we should be praising this wealthy woman and The Rock, who is sitting on $800 million himself, for donating a combined 10 million to their totally not a tax haven write-off for the people of Maui. Because, like I said before, Oprah could actually be Dolly Parton, give away her own money, and help everyone on the island. Now, Dwayne is sitting on 800 million in expendable cash, so perhaps he is giving all he can, but something tells me he isn't. And that something is the insanely privileged way that Mr. Johnson procures his public image, as well as the obvious publicity stunt alongside Don't Give a Fuck Oprah. Kind of like jumping off a sinking Titanic and into a boat with a hole in it, but (laughs) then again, what do I know? I'm just a poor. And now for something completely different. Now that we live in a full-blown technological age... I'm sure that most of you can relate to the frustration that 
we feel when our computer screen glitches out. You know, you have to figure out, do I need a new cord? Do I need a new screen? And how much is that going to cost me? (laughs) But what happens when the senator that you've been voting back into the U.S. Congress since 1984 starts to glitch out? Well, the definitely not smarter than a fifth grader Kentucky constituents of Mitch the Glitch McConnell should be asking themselves that very question now that their rep keeps rebooting during press conferences. Here's suddenly paralyzed Mitch, barely comprehending questions and then restarting in front of reporters at a reelect the old man to the Senate shindig in Kentucky. What are your thoughts on running for reelection in 2026? What are my thoughts about what? Running for reelection in 2026. Oh. Then the 81-year-old Senate minority leader stood silent. An aide steps in. Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026? Still just a blank expression. All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. Senator. Penny. Oh, damn. Sounds like Peepaw McConnell needs to go home. Maybe take a nap. Definitely not be senator, let alone the Republican leader in the U.S. Senate. But like I said before, what do I know? I'm not a doctor, and neither are frozen Mitch's aides who had absolutely no problem offering gaslighting as a reason that their boss is very public standstill is not something that we should be concerned about. Spokesman also said Leader McConnell felt momentarily lightheaded and paused during his press conference today. And that is a similar explanation as we heard back in July. His office at the time said he was lightheaded. Republicans later told me that the leader indicated that he was dehydrated. And that's what essentially had been, that there was a reason for that pause. Connell A. did tell me this afternoon after this incident that the that leader would in fact see a doctor, get some, as they said, get for a quote, prudential measure, try to see a physician, cult, uh, consult with a physician, uh, but the same aide said that he quote, feels fine. So, Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> Reboot Mitch, he was just thirsty, which made him lightheaded, and we all know what happened next. He froze like he was a contestant in Dare to Move. And for anyone else besides Geezer McConnell thinking about playing a real-life squid game, I beg you, please tell your adult children that it's time that they were granted power of attorney. Because it's obvious the people who work for the 81-year-old Kentucky Coffin Dodger are just as unscrupulous as their barely animated boss which poses a problem because the geriatric zombie has been taking tumbles like a member of a stunt crew at the end of Death Becomes Her, you know, when they fall down the stairs. He's been hitting his head. He's been falling downstairs. He's been getting concussions. He's been breaking ribs. And, of course, he's had to go to rehab. And yet they let him come back to work. So then the very, very old turtle that shouldn't be fell down two more times once in Finland, and then at an airport in Washington, D.C. So basically, we've got the mostly dead senator stumbling and tumbling all around Capitol Hill and having to be involuntarily forced rebooted in front of reporters just so that he can, I don't know, give the semblance that he's functioning properly. But surprisingly, Republicans don't appear to be at all concerned about having to literally prop up the Senate minority zombie. What with all the subversion to democracy in the name of states' rights that they've been doing right in plain sight? For example, Wisconsin. 
a new turn in the fight over who will lead Wisconsin's elections. Senate Republicans want to have a nomination vote so they can reject Wisconsin Elections Commission Administrator Megan Wolf. Republicans held the first public hearing on Wolf's renomination. The fight over the existence of a nomination at all. In late June, the three Republicans on the commission voted to nominate Wolf. This fierce debate is happening less than eight months before the presidential primary election. Well, 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 that's convenient and not at all sussy. Wisconsin Republicans are trying to replace their current state elections manager with a compliant lackey that unfortunately we don't know about yet. I mean, just listen to what Wisconsin Republicans said during their own hearing about Megan Wolf and the 2024 election. Because it's not just regurgitating the fraud father's election. Oh, no, it actually is. Take a listen. We know that next year, Wisconsin, even now, is a battleground state. Considering what happened after the 2020 elections um, and since, we are in a world of crazy for next year. The Wisconsin Supreme Court a year ago last month said that the administration of elections here in Wisconsin was so bad that you harmed and you injured voters that the results of that election in 2020 are illegitimate. A majority of people in Wisconsin have doubts about the honesty of elections in this state. If there is one thing that having Dingus Khan as the dear leader of the Republican Party has given the fascist Confederates all over our country, it is the lie that the 2020 election was stolen for Joe Biden. And in Wisconsin, a state that is growing more purple by the day, Republicans are using that very lie to justify taking control over who certifies the 2024 election results. And why? Why states' rights, of course, and other bullshit. So meanwhile, on Capitol Hill, Democrats feel the need to bring up the past, hoping to subpoena Mrs. Ivanka Trump, a.k.a. Jared Kushner, regarding a small payment of $2 billion that he received from his friends in the Saudi government. Democrats uh, in the House Oversight Committee are renewing their push to subpoena Jared Kushner over his private equity firm's shady dealings with Saudi Arabia. Back in February, Congressman Jamie Raskin, ranking member of the Oversight Committee, sent a previously undisclosed letter to the Republican chair of the committee, James Comer, urging him to join an investigation Democrats opened up into Kushner. Comer ignored that letter. Today, Congressman Raskin is renewing that call, sending another letter to Comer asking for the chair to subpoena Kushner's investment firm, citing the, quote, glaring likely violations of American law. Oh, I love this for Jared. This kid has had it rough, folks, being the son of a convicted felon who took illegal campaign contributions, skipped out on paying his taxes, and was convicted of witness tampering. Sounds like this guy has a lot of daddy issues. And also totally on brand for Jared to have married into a family of corporate grifters who also don't pay taxes, allegedly take campaign contributions that are illegal, and are currently tampering with witnesses in at least four cases that we know of. But hey, I digress. Back to that $2 billion Slenderman Kushner got from the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. Or as Congressman Jamie Raskins put it, 
The question for us is, what did Saudi Arabia get? Did it get protection for all the human rights abuses, for the war against Yemen, for the blockade uh, against Qatar, and for specifically protection for uh, the homicidal crown prince when he ordered the assassination, kidnapping, dismemberment of Jamal Khashoggi. We know that Jared Kushner got $2 billion out of it, a $25 million management fee every year, which is basically like an annuity on a billion dollars. Um, so that's a very serious business that raises profound problems about conflict of interest and indeed the Constitution and the Emoluments Clause, which says that nobody who's in fact Federal government, a high-ranking White House official like uh, Jared Kushner or the president can take anything from a prince, a king, or a foreign state without the express permission of Congress, and Congress never authorized any of this. Those are all excellent questions, and you know, they should be asked by a member of Congress. Oh, but wouldn't you know it, there are crickets coming from the Republican side of Capitol Hill. It's almost like they don't want anyone looking into the equity firm Pasty Ken set up right after he left the dumpster fire administration with the $2 billion he got from his friends in the Middle East. See, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia didn't just give Mrs. Ivanka Trump $2 billion because that would be obviously a payoff for something that maybe we don't know about yet. But instead, the Saudi prince decided to cover up his tracks make the alleged bribe look totally legit by having his public investment fund hand over the insane amount of cash. For things like, you know, saving Saudi Arabia quite a bit of cheese in a Lockheed Martin deal and not making a public scene over the crown prince allegedly ordering the murder and dismemberment of a Saudi-born journalist back in 2018. Yeah, remember that? So if you ask me, the Democrats looking into this couldn't be happening to a more deserving orange-tinted ass-kissing worm, and I can't wait to hear all about what's on Jared Kushner's laptop. And while we wait around for that, let's end this show on what may appear to be good news. Up to this point, I have not seen any evidence that D.A. Willis's actions or lack thereof warrant action by the Prosecuting Attorney Oversight Commission. The bottom line is that in the state of Georgia, we're going to follow the law regardless of who it helps or harms politically. In Georgia, we will not be engaging in political theater that only inflames the emotions of the moment. We will do what is right. You know, these are the distractions that get you to lose elections. The last time we were talking about special sessions here in the state of Georgia, just a few weeks later, the Republican majority lost two U.S. Senate races. We are going to stay focused on the issues that help all Georgians. That is the way you win races. That is the way you move forward. Not focusing on the past or some grift or scam that somebody's doing to help them raise a few dollars into their campaign account. Well, call me gobsmacked because I did not have Georgia Governor Brian Kemp doing the thing that he's doing right now on my 2023 bingo card. <laughs> and coming from a dubious election grifter himself. Shocker. See, this is the same guy who conveniently held the office that counted the votes when he first won his governorship from Stacey Adams back in 2018. So it sounds like to me, Brian doesn't want to appear like he's helping Republicans subvert democracy to keep the tiny-handed grifter out of prison in Georgia, because we all know state charges cannot be pardoned by a president or 
a governor of Georgia. And that's all I have to say about that. New episodes of This Week Again air every Sunday. And please follow the show on any social media wherever you can find us. We are available for your listening pleasure on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, Amazon, basically wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to this show and to Der for now.